0: Hello and welcome to Trish TV. Yes, (laughs) that's what we're doing. It's so exciting that I can actually access amazing people and ask them questions that you can't ask as someone, you know, when they're on the platform, they're preaching away and you're in the congregation and you think, I wonder how that happened. What happened, what is their life like? It just looks like they've got it all together and they've got all these answers. Well, I can tell you, because I'm a pastor's kid, it doesn't happen overnight and they've learned the tough stuff and i'm really excited today to have pastor alan wills right here in this recording with me hi alan it's so good to have you here i have known alan since i was a university student and my parents were in bible school so that's when they met and i i got to know him over the years as he was pastoring another church and, uh, and and that's how long that's been. And he's in here in this for the long haul. He's a faithful man of God, but that just doesn't happen just easily. That's there's a lot to it. So, Alan, please share with us if you would a bit of your your journey and your history, and then and then I'm going to grill you a little bit on some of the tough stuff. <laughs> okay,
1: that's great. Well, thank you, Trish, for allowing me to be on your show. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, look. Uh, Life is a journey, whatever track you go down, uh, life is a journey. So it's best to take the right journey and to be able to hear God. And I believe that, um, you know, as Christians, we need to hear God because he does talk to us. And the only way we can really hear God is to build up a relationship uh, with him so that we know his voice. I think a lot of people uh, hear a lot of things. There's a noise out there that's going all the time beyond this treadmill of just hearing what other people are doing but really God wants to speak to you individually and uh, way back when I started the uh, church on the north side um, you know I heard God and um, you know we were to build a church and uh, we were also to actually build a church so it started with only six people and a broken down keyboard and um for quite a long time it didn't look like it was going anywhere but i believe you know steps are important not leaps and sometimes we want to get there so quickly my personality is that uh, you know uh, you know that i I, you know i feel like sometimes it's gonna all happen at once but it, it doesn't and so 72 years later i can tell you it doesn't happen at once but if you've heard god you know your responsibility is to be obedient to what he tells you to do. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't
0: I didn't want to interrupt you so early Alan, but what you've said has struck something in me because it seems to me that there are people who believe that if they're going to start a church they and and it's a, it's good to start a church with lots of resources. Yes. You no. Know, but if God's spoken to you to start a church What would you say to those people who might think, yes, but I need a team, I need funds, I need resources, I need a building, I need a worship leader, I need, you know, all of these things lined up. When my parents are like you, I mean, I think the music was rice in a plastic bottle for a while. (laughs) So what would you say to those people?
1: Well, I guess everyone of us is different, but um, you have to use what's in your hands. Oh, I like
0: that. Say that again.
1: You have to use what's in your hands. I mean, if you haven't got a you know, great musician, if you haven't got um, you know, the youth pastor or you know the children's worker or whatever it might be, you have to use what's in your hands. And uh, yes, we had six six adults and a few uh, children and a broken down kid and, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we had the Holy Spirit, and so we started. And the thing is that uh, you know, everything that you do when you start, you must look outwards, not inwards, because just because doors are open doesn't mean people will come. You have to reach out to people, and um, it's a good thing to uh, you know to build what God wants you to build. So tell me more. Well. We started this way with just this few handful of people, but you see, um, you know, you've got to build foundation. The very first thing that we decided to do was actually, you know, have a building fund. Uh, And it might've been just a few dollars that would go in there every week. But 2% of whatever we took, we started to put into a building fund. And over the time as we, you know, we, we grew as a church in uh, the university, which cost us a thousand dollars back, even back there uh, on wow. the weekend. Um, we still had our two percent, regardless of what, what, um, you know, what other bills we paid. That two percent was straight into a building fund, and of course, we uh, eventually we we had enough money to buy land, and uh, we bought six acres of land, and um, and then. There was a boom and that was in our favor. And so we uh, was able to actually, um, the land that we bought um, was able to actually download a bit of money from there. And then we started to build our church and we, we built a church for, um, I think it was just under a million dollars, I think about, about wow. a
0: million
1: dollars. And now it's worth six, seven million dollars today and it's paid off. Um, and it's, uh, you know, a really, Brilliant, a beautiful church. Uh, we put half a million dollars into that church, and we built other churches overseas, and we, you know we, we blossomed. You know? And, uh, yeah, but through the through the blossoming, there's always times and seasons where where it seems like no one's you know no one's moving. Things are stayed. Things are just you've got yourself in a rut. And okay. so we and sort of build up again and sort of say, well, what have we done? And so familiarity is a curse. I believe familiarity. You know, people when they get familiar, when we started off, people were so excited and then we got this incredible church, you know, air conditioning, beautiful seats, you know, that the whole thing was great, you know, coffee shop at the back and the whole deal. But we found then you know, people were getting lazy. They they weren't really so hungry as they were when they started.
0: Kind of complacent. Sorry. Complacent.
1: Complacent. Yeah. Familiarity. You know, just to come in and expect everything done for you. Wow. And we had to, you know, really uh, look at our structure, and uh, we reframed our structure and how to um, how to build uh, departments and how to release people into their giftings. You know, in a in a more um, courageous way, but releasing people,
0: you know. And okay, so that, tell me about that mindset because you you, you you build it to a certain level and you notice the plateau. You, you didn't get complacent, you noticed it yes. and you did something. You could have just sat back and just enjoyed yeah. and just dealt with, but you had to step out of your comfort zone to go, how do we grow this? And then, and trust you you use the word courage yeah. that I think it was the word courage where you about uh, empowering people taking that risk because they could stuff it up because they're not you um, which is a different issue with ego uh, and control but you you raise them which which took it another kind of faith then the there's the faith to believe God for the funding for the starting and then there's the faith to believe God for the next level tell me about that.
1: Well, if you don't believe God for the next level, what happens is everybody is focused on one thing and it's a Sunday service and the the poor thing. And really, you know, church is not about just a Sunday. Right. It's an opportunity to come together, but church is about life. And so we must release people into giftings. And- um, Wow. Find giftings and understand their giftings and teach them how to actually grow in their giftings. And when you do, you start to build a not a team, but a body of people around you that really are, in a sense, more professional or, or more equipped than you are in a lot of re- in a lot of ways, because they're releasing their giftings. And so we have people that were absolutely, you know, far greater. Um, like we had Bible school, and um, you know, I was would be the worst one to be in the Bible school, you know, but. The person that was in the bible school it was their bible school within the, in the in that vision mm. and they were they carried the weight of that and they opened you know a lot of people's eyes to the word of god and then we had uh, we had professional counselors we had um you know a great music team in the end you know phenomenal um, people used to literally fly to our church just for so you know for the tuesday night prayer meeting we had hundreds coming to a prayer meeting at, at a particular time
0: hold on let me hear that again you had hundreds coming to a prayer meeting
1: yes we did yeah every single week and it was prayer
0: a- meeting not somewhere that's a concert where they're going to get entertained it's a prayer meeting yeah
1: yeah prayer meeting. wow there must have been some
0: prayer meetings
1: well the sick would come and uh, even people would be, get, would be saved in the prayer meeting but, um, Uh, Yes, we had lots and lots of uh, dynamic times, but it's been releasing people and releasing people. And um, yeah, and that's how we grew our church. And uh, when you look at all the great times we had, we had some tough times, you know, where people um, took advantage of their position and uh, wanted to actually just have their own vision. And look, people uh, with great ability need their own vision. And I think at my age now, I would have released them into not um, hampering them and stopping them, but I would release them into a church, and they need to start a church, and we should have helped right. them in a better way. Um, Do you
0: think pastors struggle to release good people into into their own church, and what's that about?
1: Well, for me, I think that um, I, you know, I was I was probably wanting to actually. Build a church that was, um, you know, a, a bigger church. I didn't want to have just a handful of people. I wanted to make a, you know, a, a statement. And so I really did need great people around me that really, so I, I, I risked that and I gave them this responsibility. And, and sometimes that, that can be in detriment to, to things. Okay. And now I look at them and I and I bless them and I think, well, you know, really they were frustrated. They wanted their own dream, um, but the way in which sometimes things were done was immature, and um, and that hurt the vision that brought you know things to slow down because people people side with people, people love people. And the, the one thing pastors need not to do is get up into their pulpit and start to talk about you know, these bad people or what these people. We shouldn't do that. We've got to release people. Even if we are hurt ourselves behind the scenes, we need to be able to release people and bless people and continually pray for people um, that, you know, sometimes do silly things. Because really, even those people, I want them to be blessed. And if, if, if it was to be that they would grow uh, into a great move of God, or whatever it might be, uh, look, you know, who should I stop? How should I stop that? So the fruit of it always shows up. And for a lot of people that do these things, usually dissolve in about a year, because it's hard work. And uh, they think that everybody's gonna just you know follow them. No one really follows you. They follow the presence of God. You know, it says in uh, Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah 4 verse 20. It's an amazing scripture. Let me just read this to you. Yep. Because this is one of my, you know, credible scriptures. It says, when you hear the blast, I'm uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding. You know, uh, and then, our God will fight for us. And so whatever the circumstances that we find ourselves in as pastors, we have got to become that person that that people will hear the sound. Today, we are listening to a lot of sounds, but we ought to hear the sound. And, um, you know, there was a time when, uh, you know, quite a lot of people left our church um, because they were following someone um, and they left. But, you know, within that, um, Two or three year bracket, uh, you know, God done extraordinary things. And I was never to preach about, you know, what people did or what they thought or whatever. I was, I, I must preach the gospel. And a sound came. And you know what? Uh, we paid um, probably $120,000 up in about a year and a half. Wow. And uh, we ended up paying the church out completely out. And stood alone, you know, $6 million worth of church and, um, you know, it was pretty exciting what God did and God never, ever stopped the miracles, never stopped the souls coming in. Never now tell st-
0: me, Ellen, was it hard for you? It, you're hurt, you get hurt like that and in your prayer time, was, was it hard for you to be so noble that right i'm only going to preach jesus like did you have a bit of a struggle with that pain where there's a temptation to address it but you made yourself do it or was it just like no that's what the bible says this is what i do how, how is that for you because i know that's a difficult thing for people
1: we're, we're all human beings and yes uh, you know you, you stick a pin in me and it hurts and but when you know like you're never supposed to argue in front of your, your children my children have never seen me argue uh, you know if we have to have a, Pat and I have had to have a talk together it's not really an argument it's really actually just um, clearing the air so we understand who why we're talking like we're talking and so we come to an agreement and we come to an understanding of where we both want to go together mm. and sometimes we we air our you know our, our mouth to people that are immature and they talk and they talk and they talk because third time down the line you know people are agreeing with people that don't know what they're talking about you know so you've got to keep your mouth shut now do you hurt uh, yes you've got to, you've got to actually regroup in your heart uh, but it doesn't take you long because if you can position yourself under the presence of god right it means peace He's promised that he would bring peace to us and that peace he will leave with us. And that is a shalom peace. That is, you know, that that means he brings wholeness. We're not broken people. And so if I'm going to preach the gospel, even though there's there's maybe problems in the air, I have got to come into that place, not as a broken person. Because, you know, it may be a great word, but it goes nowhere. But if I come in whole, God uses them, and it's just positioning yourself. So yes, it's it's a matter of saying, I will position myself. And the only way you can position yourself is to pray for those that spitefully use you, done silly things, Um, you know. So you just gotta pray for them, because they don't really know what you're carrying and why you did some of the things, you know. Some of the um, things that people have said to me over the years, you know, uh, now how is so and so going? Well, I'm afraid it's none of their business. You know, I I am a person that will keep my mouth shut. You know, if if someone's having a bad time in their marriage, it's got nothing to do with you know anybody else. That's right. They think that they need to know, you know, all things. No, they don't. And so you have to carry that, and but you need to be whole. Uh, you know.
0: Yeah, and that comes, as you said earlier, it it comes from that intimacy with holy spirit that prayer time so that you can it's not an academic thing oh i'm seated in heavenly places i'm at the right hand of the father that's where i'm going to imagine myself
1: yeah not at all and it does come back to the 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 very foundation why you're there because god's
0: why you're why, yeah
1: because this is this and that's being obedient whether it's raining or whether it's sunny you know it makes no difference to, to what god said
0: yeah and when you release them with that attitude mm-hmm. even though they're going and you haven't sent them you've released them and prayed for them and blessed them then that actually turns into a seed that you've sown that god can then bring back bless your church back with that growth and other people and and moving forward to next level would would that be the case
1: look it- yes it is but it's it's more than just you know, I'll do it so I can be blessed. No, yeah. It's really, it's really when your heart is free, you know, I want everybody to make it.
0: It's so good.
1: Regardless of you know, they don't want to ever talk to me again or I, I will not, I, look, even in the last, you know, every month people come back to me, you know. Um, wow, yeah,
0: wow. Because
1: there was a gentleman just not long ago, that he was going to commit suicide, and I, I happened to ring him on the day, oh. four years ago, and he came to my house, and he's been coming, you know. So, and just only two weeks ago, another guy um, who said to me, "Can I, can I come and see you?" And he again has rekindled the relationship with me, and and I think that's gone on and on and on.
0: That's so beautiful.
1: I, so yesterday I met two young lads, or one lad, young lad, and I uh, met the other one before. They, you know, I mean, they gave me a bit of a hard time, you know, but uh, you know, I looked at them and I said, "It's so good to see you going on for God and doing well." And I said, "You've really made my day." And we mm-hmm. shook hands, and and you know, he's following me on my Facebook, and now and. Uh, you know, he actually connected with me yesterday again after that, and I, you know, it was really wonderful. You know, and I've met many people just going to the shopping centers that may feel like, Oh, hang on, you know, I've got eyeball contact now, you know, but my contact is free, it's free. Wow, nothing, there's nothing that Jesus will not step into. So it's not about whether I'm blessed, and there is a blessing in that, but the truth is, it's, uh, they're people and um, you know, whether they're immature or you know, they do things silly all the time, they're people and they need to, to realise that God is there for them and they have a destiny too. Yeah. And that's a, so
0: you, uh, you went on to build a very healthy, wonderful church. And uh, you've touched on, you know, recent years. Now, you've actually transitioned out of full-time pastoring of a church and you're doing other ministry work now. Would you like to tell us a bit about that transition?
1: Yeah, sure. Look, uh, when um, we were in church, uh, we had um, an orphanage in India and uh, we were doing some work in Bulgaria. Which we took teams to, and also Fiji, and uh, you know, so we, those three countries mainly, and uh, we would, you know, give a certain amount of money to the works that we were doing through the church. We had a ministry in missions in the church. And when the senior pastor uh, that took the church over from um, us was more, you know, concentrating his thoughts on, you know, just the local area, and didn't want to go overseas. Well, we we didn't want to leave those children that we were feeding and helping, and the churches that we were helping. So we said, look, we just we just kept kept on going. And so, um, really, what an amazing thing was because when we stopped ministry, we didn't know really what we were going to do. You know, is this retirement? And yet inside us, we, we knew that that was the date that God gave us to finish the church at 70 years of age. Now I'm going, on 73 now. And uh, within the last three years, you know, uh, we've probably seen more people who gave their lives to Christ than in the whole of the, our ministry. Oh, wow. Africa, you know, with uh, working with Christopher Elmen, we see a, a million a year saved. With about a seventy-five percent retention rate going into church and discipleship.
0: That's huge.
1: In India, we have two offices now, six hundred churches, yeah. and um, you know it is huge what's happening there. And we're feeding like hundreds of, uh, you know, doesn't matter how many, but multitudes of people every week. That's um, mm, And then um, in, in Bulgaria. We're starting a private school um, we have uh, hundreds of churches there with churches in spain in france germany ukraine uh, and now now it's into greece now and um, we've got people come now to our conference which we pay for and we we bring we have air we pay for airfares for people to come and we put them up in hotels they're, they're poorer pastors from these areas and they need you know it's not about what they can give me but what can we give them to sustain the work because wow what a
0: marvelous work that you're that you've transitioned into doing when other people would be feeling a bit lost or looking at feeling like they're out to pasture or, or um, needing to retire then i'm going to ask you about what you would how you might encourage pastors at that part of their life but I wanna take a moment to let people know uh, about your website and if they would like to be involved in what you do to support what you do for these orphanages and and so on. They can find out more about that. And uh, the website is www.alanwillsministries.org. Now that's Alan with one L, -L A-L-A-N-W-I-L-L-S ministries.org. I will put it in the description. So visit that uh, website and have a have an explore there and uh you know have a pray about whether or not um that might be something you'd like to to support because it's it's good fruit and uh you know alan's been around he's not a blow-in he's he's been around for a long long time he's got the runs on the board and he's got the integrity so he's carrying that through so um alan i wanted to make sure that i did that and also alan is a great preacher and if you've got a church or well, you've got an organisation where you would love to hear more, and you would like to uh, have Alan come and speak to your church. He's very dynamic. Very nobody's going to fall asleep in those messages. He's great, um, but also he's very good with church. Yes, with church growth. But how to activate people? Because if you want your church to grow, you've got to activate them and give them the confidence to to share their faith and and to to invite people to come along. You have a function coming up where you're speaking. It's that's the Best Western Hotel at North Lakes. Yes. On the second of October at 8 a.m. But you do need to book because they've got catering and um, social distancing. Absolutely. Now, in the last few minutes that we have, Alan, I would love for you to speak a word of encouragement and advice to pastors who are in the position that you were, where. Um, you know, they they may have been, you know, they might be old school Holy Ghost preachers that may feel like a little bit out of place now. And they're looking that they feel like, where do they go? What's on what's on their life for their next? And uh, so what would you what would you like to share with them to encourage them?
1: Well, the truth is the anointing never leaves you. And um, when I finished um, obviously, I didn't know where I was going to preach, or, so I decided not to ask anybody. I've never asked for money, and I've never asked to preach anybody. I just decided to pray, I said, Lord, you know, I believe I'm not over, you know, and listen to him. And he just opened doors, and I had, you know, I'm, I've been preaching in Australia, you know, yes, I have uh, quite a few times. but. It's amazing. It opened up. Poland opened up to me. I mean, because someone was talking to them about me in Poland. And next thing I know, I went to Poland. Wow. And, and you know, I, yeah, you know, I didn't ask for money. I didn't. I just went. Um, Africa is the same. Standing on a platform maybe maybe 80,000 people. And every night, seeing the blind eyes and the cripple, you know, it's, it's really quite um,
0: miracles happening, supernatural miracles happening.
1: Every, yeah, last Sunday, a little boy was uh, rolled his ankle and uh, was terribly swollen, couldn't even put any weight down, laying on a, a bed. Um, you know, I just prayed for him, and strength came back, and he was healed. And wow, another, another man, an old man, had was deaf in one ear, was healed, and so this little crowd of people. You know, all of a sudden, you know, life came and it was very exciting and it's very humbling. It doesn't matter about how, if I stand at like 80,000 or, you know, when I'm on an airplane uh, praying for deaf people to get healed next to me or, you know, if I'm in a small meeting. But I would say to every pastor, you know, don't fear, don't carry, you know, resentment, um, let things go so that the doors will open. God says, there is a door for you. Revelations 3, verse 8, it is for you. It's not just a door, it's for you. Step through the doors, just say yes. Mm. Absolutely, when you say yes, God can do something. Let me say this, I was in a meeting uh, of 40 people and there was a a, a little boy that had his eyes up in the back of his head. This was down at Slacks Creek somewhere down there. Um, he, he, all the way through the meeting, he was making just really loud noises. Like, oh, oh, oh. His, his face was all screwed up. They were very poor. You could see, they were very poor. I said, look, I haven't come here money. Don't take any off. Anyway, I gave an altar call, and this lady brought her son out. And I prayed for him and his eyes came back down into his head. Oh. And his face literally is, I've got it on a video here somewhere, but his, all his skin came, he's a real quite good little lad, you know? And to see that woman's face, it's priceless. God came, God touched that person. God touched that person. And he said, would you come back tonight? I said, yeah, sure. So I came back that night there was a person actually out of a wheelchair. There was another deaf person here there as well. That night I came back, and the place was full. Well, his pastor was very excited. Anyway, he decided to take an offering against my will, and he said, "I really want to do this, you know." And so he took this offering. I think it was just under five thousand dollars. And there was other people in that congregation that night that gave in and. I used that $5,000 and I put it on a down payment for a block of land in India next to our orphanage.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And we built a church, which is almost the size of the church that we built here in Brisbane. Um, We have about five buildings there now. And, uh, yeah, so it's pretty exciting.
0: Praise God. That's just... So
1: so I would say, pastors, you know, Mm -hmm. just do that one thing, you know, you just never know what that one thing does to the next thing. I was walking out of a church just um, just before Christmas and in, in, in the city, and a, a, there was a Catholic couple in the church apparently, and as, I wasn't preaching, I was just there, and I was walking out and they called me back and they said, hey, Pastor Anna, would you come and pray for this this 13-year-old girl? She was blind. And, um, you know, and anyway these Catholic people from up in Cairns. And so I laid my hands upon her and uh, she started crying. And I said, can you see? And she said, sort of. And I prayed again and I think I prayed three times and her eyes opened ah. and she could see. And, and what happened was the the mum and dad, they were Catholics and they were weeping, like weeping. And this 13 year old girl all of a sudden could see you know, it was like normal, so that was amazing. Anyway, and they left. Australia. And they left and they not of somewhere else. This is here. They left, went up to Cairns, and I went to preaching Cairns about two, three, four weeks later, and they came along to see me. Ah! Oh. They were absolutely fine. And whilst I was there, another lady was blind in her eye, got healed, and deaf got healed, and. It was amazing. And now they're going to church and they're filled with the Spirit. And this girl is really one of the leading youth leaders there now and going on for God. So wow. You, so you just so don't know. Awesome. I wasn't preaching. I went there to just listen to a message and then I prayed for something. And then that opened up and then it opened up. God, God has got your destiny. If you will have faith. If you believe, God, that the same anointing that you started with is still there, Um, there. and you have faith to believe, he will do great things for every pastor, every person. And if I don't preach in the church again, let me tell you, there's people in my street, they all know who I am, and I have opportunity every day, every day to make it, you know, to be an influence in my world around me. So it's great. I love
0: that. I love that. Thank you, Alan. Thank you so much. You've gone from the beginning of what that anointing for building a church to the other end where there's a fresh anointing for that latter stage. And I want to say something to you you guys out there who are pastors, who are that older generation. I'm, I'm mid, I'm middle aged, mid generation. But you guys who are my parents age, I want to tell you That your anointing, Alan's right, it has not decreased. But people like me need you. We need you. We need your example. But not only that, you hold a treasure that needs to be shared. That you're sitting there saying, well, no one's listening to me anymore. That's not an attitude that's helpful. and That attitude is not going to release you. I would ask you to spend some time with Holy Spirit. And say god what's next for me whatever it is and then just take some steps and start you know minister to people as alan said in his street because you know with this year that we've had this pandemic go on all the rules are out the window and yeah. people are frightened and hungry for something real And you know, you want your latter days to be so much greater than the former days, and they can be, and you know how to tap into it. You've done it before. You know how to master build in the spirit. I want to encourage you to get that zeal before you again, get it, just whip it up, because I need to see it. I need that example. I need to look up and say, hey, this is where I'm heading. This is, look what they can do. Look what they can pass on. And I want to pass that down to my children, my generation. We've got a whole lot of church kids who've grown up in Pentecostal church who don't know how to pray in tongues. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. We get complacent and we drop the ball. Let's not drop the ball. Let your latter days, my parents, my mother's going to be 80 this year and she's still serving differently than before and so is dad. Differently than before but they're still on fire for God and they're still serving, they're still ministering to people. Please, Get that fire in you again, get that fire in you again and be encouraged because God is not done yet. You're not done till you're dead and then it all starts in eternity. (laughs) So thank you so much, Pastor Alan. It has been an absolute pleasure and privilege to listen to you and I, I just pray in the name of Jesus the anointing of God that is on this broadcast, on these words that have been spoken, Father God, would be activated in the hearts of every person who hears it. Lord, draw them to hear it. Draw them to hear it and to act, Holy Spirit, cross the airwaves and touch people, Lord. Thank you, God, that you love this world so much that you actually trusted us to do something (laughs) and you work with us to do it. Thank you, God. Jesus name. Amen. Wow. Well, if you have enjoyed this, I would invite you to like, comment, share. If you're listening on the podcast, give it a rating so it keeps going. Um, And by all means, visit Alan's website. That is alanwillsministries.org. If you want to have a look at mine, it is uh, trishjenkinsfaith.com. And um, we will look forward to hearing from you and see you next time. Thanks again, Pastor Alan. It's been a pleasure.